0: What's up everybody, and welcome to episode 150 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Lucas Agin. Joining me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, first of all, congratulations on 150. Woohoo! What a milestone! Yeah. <laughs> 150. But more <laughs> importantly, how is your Thanksgiving weekend? It was good. It was chill. Uh, I
1: definitely caught up on sleep uh, a bit. It was just nice to kind of power down a little bit and not really have to think or do much. We kept it chill. Um, it, we just we just uh, had did a little Thanksgiving dinner at the house as a family and whatnot. Uh, other than that, we were planning on getting uh, our our Christmas tree up and stuff like that, but. We didn't get around to it. Lincoln and I are, are uh, working on a a secret project, um, so w- we'll be excited to announce that when when we're able to and whatnot. But overall, it was it was good. The weekend weekend was busy because, like I said, we were working. Uh, But overall, definitely feel rested and and feeling a lot better. So what about yourself, man? How was your weekend? How was uh, Thanksgiving? All that good
0: stuff. Pretty good. Ours was pretty uh, low-key and relaxing, which is kind of nice. Uh, my weekend was filled with football and Marvel Snap, which is a very dangerous combination, as I Such found out. Such an addicting
1: game, uh, dude. Such an addicting game.
0: I'm pretty sure I just spent all day Saturday, Sunday just watching football and playing that. Like, like <laughs> It's a great combo. It is. It is. And I, I know I've said this before, but those games, like, they're so short that it tricks mm-hmm. you into thinking you can just play one more game. And then you look mm-hmm. at the clock and realize it's been, like, two hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yep. But I am loving it. I, you know, I, I am I still am finding new strategies. Uh, it's still nice that you don't have to pay any money to get cards and whatnot. Uh, so at least right now, I'm still having, like, an amazing time with it. Ryan, I know that you got started with it, too. I mean, what has what your experience been with that?
1: I can't stop playing it, dude. So I also play Marvel Strike. I think it's Strike or Strike Down or something like that. I haven't touched that game in at least a week. Why What do I need to when I can just play these card games real quick? And not only that, but then as you're building out these different decks, getting new cards that you haven't seen before, like, it's a lot of fun. It is seriously addicting. I'm not a big, like, cell phone game player. I specifically don't play games on my phone because I get sucked in and and Marvel snap has got me sucked in. It's good. If you enjoy card games, even if you don't enjoy card games, um, you know, or you don't really play them, I think it's at least worth taking a look. You're familiar with a lot of the characters and stuff like that as well being Marvel IPs. So I, I think it's a game that a lot of people can enjoy. Um, I swear we are not sponsored by Marvel snap. It's just a really good game.
0: (laughs) Although Disney (laughs) slash Marvel. Exactly. No, it's, uh, it's just freakishly addicting. I think they have lightning in a bottle right now, Uh, but on to some news items and, Ryan, I'm just going to start with Pokemon because uh, mm-hmm. despite all the glitches and and trouble that, that it was having, it has sold a ton of copies to the tune of a combined 10 million in its first three days. Wow. Like, that, that is, is
1: huge.
0: Crazy to me. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, I. I it's funny because I, I know that that we tend people can tend to give the switch grief, uh, especially when you stack it against like the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, but my goodness, there's a lot of switches out there. Pokemon is as popular as it's ever been. Uh, and I mean, ten for okay. So for comparison, God of War also had a fantastic start and it sold mm-hmm. five million in its first week. Like that, just to show you, like the like how big of an appeal Pokemon has is insane, Ryan. This is insane. Those are crazy numbers. Yeah,
1: and I, I think that really does speak to the franchise and the fans of the franchise. Like they come out regardless. And and I have to say, I, I I started telling you this a little bit before we went on, but I spoke to Davis about it. He recently finished it, and he said to him. It was one of the best Pokemon stories, hands down. He said, in spite of all the crazy glitches that were that, and and we talked about it on the GameCast, and we had this video. And like the stuff is crazy, like the glitches are ridiculous, <laughs> and 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 really, it, it, it's sa- It's kind of sad to see that. You know, it, it does have um all these issues, especially for a Nintendo IP. Like, they are good about making sure that when their games launch, they are solid. You, there's not a lot of issues with their launches. So, to see that this one is having, you know, a lot of crazy bugs. But, again, story-wise, gameplay-wise, what I'm hearing is fantastic. And I told him that you were going to wait. He said, why? He was like, don't. Tell Lucas not to wait. Pick it up as soon as he can. He won't regret it. And I was like, all right, man. Cause I was like, and and he made a strong point too. It's like Nintendo games don't go on sale very, very often, especially in IP like this. So, you know, I mean, there's there's games, there's Pokemon games from like three years ago that still sell for $60. Right. You know, they're still full price. Right. So you know, I, I, I can understand where he's coming from. I But I also said from your standpoint that, you know, having a game that you're especially, you know, you just love the IP, you love everything about it, you know, and wanting to have that good user experience, not wanting to sour uh, that that the good vibes that you have towards the game and the IP and everything like that uh, with some of these weird glitches and and frame drops and stuff like that, which to me is still crazy you knew what the system was that you were building in how do you not build it so it's optimized for the system how does it get released it doesn't make any sense like none of that stuff makes any sense and 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 to be fair i said they had a rather aggressive uh release schedule this year right they dropped three games this year three solid games this year so i'm gonna you know perhaps uh and 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 i i said this i was like maybe they just got caught up and this one kind of got the b the b team treatment as opposed to uh, you know the the other games but again davis is like yeah but you know the the studio has got a ton of developers and and folks that work there so he was like i don't know that the other games would have even affected or had any kind of impact on this game. So it's just a hard one for me to, to uh, be like, man, I, you know, I I can't believe it has so many glitches, but again, you can't beat the amount of money that it made here, uh, you know, since release. So that, that is just, I mean, it's crazy to, to think too. And like, that's, what's kind of scary about that as well is that, I don't want these companies all of a sudden, oh, you know, we can, and, and set this precedent, uh, oh, we can throw out this this half-done half, half done game, and right. people are still going to spend a ducat and and pay for it. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we'll see if they have any kind of uh, hot fixes or anything to make that user experience uh, a little more palatable. But, uh at least it's it's a good, solid game. So Davis,
0: Davis, vouch. You know, that is good to know. Uh, it, it's funny because uh, Pokemon's not really usually known for uh, hard-hitting stories. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, it, it's one of those games where there's a lot of good lore you can dive into, but you have to kind of look for it. Uh, and kind of piece it together. So the fact that the story is a, is is a genuine positive in this one uh, is a good sign. Uh, it's a shame that it it's come packaged with this launch. Yeah. Apparently, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. But boy, does it look like at least from a performance standpoint, it would have been nice to have seen uh, uh, Zelda and Pokemon maybe switch yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. their release schedule. But you know what? They're obviously the Pokemon company's fine just given these sales. Uh I, I think the most surprising part to me about some of these issues is I mean, they were able to see uh from Legends what worked, what didn't work, what were some of the mm-hmm. glitches there. Uh and and so I'm just surprised that, you know, months later this comes out and has more issues like if there was a game that i would have figured would have had issues like this it would have been legends i thought because that seemed like their first attempt to make a more open world type pokemon game so i'm just i'm just surprised uh i will chalk this up to as you said they have been incredibly ambitious with a lot of pokemon titles Uh, so um you know what i'll you know i'll take it i'll take it it it's it seems like this game is is still enjoyable which is funny because a lot of the reviews were still given it in like the seven to eight range so mm-hmm. so you know what we'll take it there uh and and hopefully they get some fixes and patches in soon uh because yeah it
1: Sorry, I was gonna say it speaks a lot to what they did do, the fact not only the sales numbers, but you know, the the reviews that and legit I mean there's a lot of people that were bagging on it as well. And and the reviews, you know, when it first came out, definitely uh it, it was looking pretty rough. But I feel like since people have been able to get through it and see at least the story part of it still dealing with the glitches, it's it, I think it speaks volumes. That people are still saying go and pick up this broken game that is have that has crazy crazy FPS issues and and things like that, but they say it's so good that you have to still get it. That to me, I was like, all right, I, I, I've got to let him know because if anyone is is super staunch about that stuff, it's Davis. So <laughs> when he said, "Yo, tell him he should not wait and pick it up anyway," I was like, okay, okay. I will let him know because that uh, I I think that clearly it's a solid game. It's just unfortunate that it's it's having uh, the technical issues that it is.
0: Yeah, my my last point to this, I'll I'll just say this. Sword and Shield, which were the last mainline entries in in Pokemon on on the Switch, has sold Uh 25 million copies. And Scarlet and Violet just reached almost half of that in three days.
1: Like that is insane. I don't
0: know. Yeah, so they're they're fine. Nintendo is definitely still happy, let's just put it that way.
1: For sure. Just let's let's hope that this is not a uh a trend moving forward uh with them cuz that would really really be unfortunate and I think that would eventually in the long run end up hurting them. Right. Uh, switching gears to a game that's coming out here. Uh, <laughs> here, I want to say it's this week. Want to see it's the second of December, but uh, we've got the Callisto Protocol. I, if you are familiar with it at all, it's almost like a a dead space or it, it has very much dead space vibes out uh, in space. Uh, a Space horror, essentially, game is what it is. But a story just recently came out pointing out to the fact that they uh, looking at their DLC, they have stuff for, or, or it's weird. It's, it's For a game like this, this game has a season pass, which out the gate, that seems weird to me because this does not cool. seem like a type of game that would have that kind of model or would even benefit from that kind of model. But what do I know? I'm not a game developer. So, <laughs> you know, perhaps... You know they're they're they've got future plans for this uh, within the DLC. I know that they're taught they have uh, uh, there's going to be story DLC. But one of the big, big shocking, surprising things about this DLC is that in in some of the bundles it includes different anim- death animations for both the main character and enemies. I don't know about you. But and I know there have been other instances where animations have been locked behind a pipe paywall, uh-huh. but this seems super aggressive uh, for a game like this to to put things like that behind. And again, that's not the only thing that you're getting, uh, you know, with that DLC, but it just seems like that's not real. That's not added value to me as a consumer. I don't feel. Oh, you've you've. Showcase this game that is crazy, brutal and crazy deaths, but the best ones are going to be locked behind this paywall. I've got a problem with that. That is just it it just seems super aggressive from a company standpoint in in trying to monetize. And, you know, I don't mind like DLCs, especially if they're like story driven DLCs Uh Uh, or on the other hand, you know, when you do have season pass stuff and whatnot, cosmetics and things of that nature. I, I feel like are, are okay. I I, I don't like them, but right. I can, you know, I could deal with it, but this just seems, this is just weird. It just seems weird that this is that, that they would lock something like animations behind that paywall. Um, I don't know. I, I, what are your thoughts on I don't know if this, this, and, and and for me, this isn't a game that's up my alley. You guys know if you, if you've been listening for a while, <laughs> Horror is not really my genre. I do like the shooter aspect of it. And if you give me a gun in a horror game, I'm going to be more likely to play it. It's when you only have like a camera or a flashlight. I'm like, nah, you know what? I don't want any part of that. Um, But yeah, is this a game that you're looking to get? And does that kind of, I mean, it just seems kind of off-putting a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say I am very intrigued by the game. Uh, being, uh, I do love the Dead Space series, uh, so any game that kind of harkens back to that uh, is uh, exciting to me. However, this is like one of the strangest decisions I think I've seen. Uh, you know... As you said, they are not the first game to lock uh, animations and whatnot behind a paywall. However, most of those games, it makes sense to a degree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And at least with like, like when you have cosmetics and things like that, it's usually in a multiplayer game that lets you kind of personalize your character and keeps things fresh to keep you kind of playing and and going with it. Not usually associated with story driven games. So this is really weird to me. (laughs) Like, uh... I honestly think it would have been more funny is if there was no death animation and they locked them all behind a paywall. Yeah, it
1: would have been it would have been DOA, man.
0: The game would be <laughs> DOA if they did that. Which actually would have made me more curious to play just to see how what happens when people die. Like so, uh, uh, Look, it, it seems like to me like like if this were Tomb Raider, like you know the the rebooted Tomb Raider series had some pretty mm-hmm. brutal death animations, right? Like it seems like if they would have said, "Oh, but some of those are only available if you buy the DLC," like it just mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't make sense in a story driven game, really, to me, like at all. Uh, It is kind of off putting, and especially in a in a new uh, franchise like this or, or franchise wannabe franchise, uh, you mm-hmm. don't you don't have that goodwill built up, so decisions like this is worrisome uh and and right before launch just it's weird it's a weird decision right
1: yeah and 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 really they they kind of found out about it because of the steam page that was released and, and the steam page shows you know if you get the deluxe or if you get the the standard or whatever it basically shows what it comes uh what comes with it and that's where people discovered that uh you know added added death in the animations it's like that just seems weird and you're right and maybe you know maybe we're not understanding it maybe this game is more than just a single player game it has to be i would think cuz otherwise why do you have a season pass if this if it's not going to be and, and again though but this also makes you think if if you've got a season pass then i would i would expect there to be Uh, this is then a live service game right you know what i mean so like i'm confused now as to what this game is because i thought it was just a story driven single player game and it seems like and maybe they have the infrastructure for it, and maybe that's future plans for them is that they're going to go in and have like a i don't know a uh Six v six thing, or or some sort of added modes, or like a horde mode, or something that's added that then it makes more sense for there to be a season pass. But from where I'm standing right now, I it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I, I, like that is very surprising.
0: If it's because we don't understand what the game is, that's purely on the, on their. Uh, right. like they haven't done a good job explaining it at all. If if, if this is not a narrative focused <laughs> game, like, and to be honest with you, if that's the case, it's even more worrisome to me because the last game in my mind that I think about doing that was Avengers, where they marketed it mm. so much as this narrative driven game turned out it wasn't really that and mm-hmm. everybody was just let down. So, like, I sincerely hope that that's not the case. Although then you do wonder why and walk that. But I don't know. I don't know that there's a good answer to this. Like, it, it does have me pretty worried uh, about what this game is and, and its future, really.
1: Yeah, well, especially with it so close to release, it's just like, you know, to get news like that. It's like, wait a second. I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. Talking about season passes and not only that, but then I also would like to see because I don't and, and there might be somewhere on the interwebs that they've shown this. But what exactly is on the season pass? How big is the season pass? What's in season two? What does all that look like? It just This is just very like this seems very last minute to all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a season pass. Uh there'll be a story DLC plus more like death animations.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Give me your money. So go
0: out and buy it. <laughs> that's the that's the clincher right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll be curious I mean again this isn't one that I'll be personally picking up, at least, it, it, you know, I'm I'm saying that now I have no intentions on picking it up or playing this, but I, I do plan on following just to see what that DLC, what their season stuff looks like, because right now I'm just like, I thought I knew what this game is, and now I'm kind of like, ah, I'm not 100% sure what exactly this is.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a weird weird thing. And it, it, you know what? Honestly, it feels like news that should have come out a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. uh, or at least have a video that has a very clear explanation about what the heck's going on. But hey, what do I know, Ryan? What do I know? <laughs>
1: We just talking to microphones, man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I did want to touch quickly on there's been some some uh, developments in the whole Microsoft Blizzard Activision um, deal. It looks like the federal government is going to be possibly stepping in. We know that the FTC has is is they haven't officially done anything yet but it looks like they are starting to do the initial steps into kind of investigating um this this whole uh, uh deal going on and this could potentially if they do challenge it it this could potentially kill the deal uh mm-hmm. down the road if they're if they're able to again i don't know if that's what they're looking for to do or why all of a sudden now could I think a lot of this, too, And is coming from number one with the the laws being different in in uh, outside our countries outside of the United States. You know, we're getting more information than I think is typically privy uh, to the common common person. Um, outside of uh, those that are within the proceedings and whatnot in the United States. But we're getting all this information. We know that. And I I always think it's kind of funny how Sony is really pushing about the fact that, oh, well we're afraid that they're going to basically make it exclusive. That would shift the market share uh, big time, which, again, I I think uh, within the last three days, Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 2 made $800 million. Um, so, I mean, they kind of got a point there as much as, like, I, I think it's funny because, like, I, I feel that Sony's like, the king of exclusives. And, but, again, they, their exclusives are from studios, essentially, that they help to build. Mm-hmm. Um, what Microsoft is, is doing is going in and trying to buy companies and basically take over their IPs and whatnot. And this is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Again, I understand Sony's concern. Microsoft is saying, no, we, we would never do that. We're going to keep it. We'll keep it open uh, for everybody to be able to play. But look, if, if there ain't something in writing that, you know, that, that I don't know how I'm not going to sit there and trust this. My competitor is telling me, yeah, we would never do that. And then a year down the road is like, oh, but it's exclusive now. What? <laughs> so I understand the concerns behind that. And it's crazy to think that Call of Duty has So much power just that Franchise that they could swing And shift companies Projections because I'm guessing If they were to lock it behind some sort Of exclusivity it's going To hurt projections that Maybe Sony has already projected Into the future all of a sudden they're losing This money that is no longer coming in Not only that but also I mean uh, directly in their store As well so I'm guessing that's what a lot of this is about But it'll be interesting to see if the FTC comes in and says, oh, nay, nay, we can't let this go through.
0: Yeah, things are getting juicy. Like, my goodness, there's a lot of drama going on. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, as a a side note, it's hilarious to me because for years people have tried to say, you know, the console wars are dying down. You know, we're all gamers. Let's have some fun. And then. (laughs) something like this happens and Sony Mm -hmm. and Microsoft are starting to take the gloves off a little bit. And uh, it's, it's, it's easy to forget um, amongst all the talk of we're all gamers that they're still rival companies. They're still trying to make more money and Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, deals like this can shift the needle uh, a lot. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen, but just the fact that the FTC even announced that they're looking into possibly Mm -hmm. challenging this is huge. Uh, And Uh, if if you're a sony fan right you love that they have all these exclusives plus you have games like call of duty right that were have been cross-platform so that's Mm -hmm. been their strength they have the biggest cross-platform games and the and they have all these amazing series that they've built up uh losing something like call of duty is big i'm not a big call of duty fan but tons of people are obviously it's Mm -hmm. always one of the biggest entertainment launches and people love it obviously uh, so like losing that would be huge uh and kind of maybe move the needle back toward xbox a little bit and xbox is trying you know to play catch up uh in terms of exclusives and trying to get some of the studios they bought to hopefully down the road start to build some ip for them that they can uh have on on xbox platforms so it's just there's so much drama who knows what's gonna happen but um if this is blocked like you want to talk about an awkward situation <laughs> mm-hmm. like that whole relationship just gets even more awkward and it makes you wonder, does this affect future decisions? Sony's already been hesitant to do cross in some titles until public pressure kind of came in. Does this mean they're going to kind of pull back uh, and do what Nintendo's traditionally done has been like, look, we're going to wall our garden off and uh, we're not going to play nice with you guys anymore. Like, I don't know the ramifications will be fascinating to watch.
1: Yeah, it, you're right too. It, it's well, you'll start the thing too said. So Call of Duty is or has typically been every year they come out with a new Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I know that that is changing and next year there's not going to be a new Call of Duty. I think that's a smart move on their part because there was this oversaturation right. and you've got these and they have multiple studios working on it. Uh uh on the, on the games and they basically work In a rotation but it felt Too much it almost felt like uh, the sports Games where every year you have To get a new sports games where it's like Look do you can't you just go in and update The rosters so I Don't because they're not making enough changes nope. Or there's nothing compelling enough For me to justify getting a new One every single year it's just not Necessary so I think even within That decision that plays A role in how much you know, Sony and and all the studios really that 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 uh, are are carrying it and whatnot are projecting and how you know. But I'm guessing that they have a plan in terms of uh, seasonal pass stuff and and other micro micro transactions that they'll use to kind of mitigate that time gap from from not dropping a new deal or uh, dropping a new Call of Duty. But um, yeah, it, it, this is the fact that it made it to the federal government and they're looking into it um I don't know I I I don't know where Microsoft this this could be bad for Microsoft and what their plan is and then what happens to Activision Blizzard uh if this doesn't go through we know that there's all kinds of issues over there there's continuing issues there's people talking about trying to uh, up in Alberta they're trying to unionize and uh right. you've got uh you know studio he- or uh um, heads over at Activision Blizzard kind of Toting the line between anti-union statements and and what they're saying behind the scenes, but they've got a lot of issues over there to fix already. I think I thought it would be a good thing for them to be picked up by somebody, a, a different company, and straighten that stuff out because clearly it, it has been bad for uh, quite some time over there. So we'll see how this plays out and if they will end up going through with this uh with this sale i mean it's huge though uh, uh was it 69 billion dollars 70 billion dollars right. something like that that's in. that's a lot
0: that's a lot of money <laughs> and here's here's one other angle to that uh you know it was pretty widely reported that bobby Kodak would be out once this deal was finalized right so if that deal is not finalized uh Activision Blizzard has already shown that they'd support him for some reason, still voting him uh to be in his position. So does that mean he stays? Right. Because that would be a I don't know. terrible result.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think there would be a lot of uh upset people. Uh and and I think that will they're gonna it's gonna have a negative, a huge negative impact on their business if if this does not go through. They are already. And just all kinds of heat, so... I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But apparently, because because Sony's not the only one, I know Epic Games had said something as right. well in terms of it. So clearly, the, you know, Call of Duty is another. Because you got to think, too, this is, it's just Overwatch. There's, uh, uh, you know, Star. Well, it's, I was going to say Starcraft. I don't even know if people play Starcraft anymore. <laughs> but there's other, there's other games, plus there's uh, Candy Crush as well. But clearly, the moneymaker within that, which is crazy, because what it shows is that... Call of Duty really is there. That is their money maker. Mm-hmm. is is the big one, and this is specifically a a you know, hey, they can't just have Call of Duty like that. They would they would form this. They could they could lock it off, and then they kind of you know it'll it would skew um, the competition line too much. Right. So. You know, I, I clearly there's some validity to it, especially I feel uh, with the government now looking into it and other companies also coming out and being like, yo, this isn't uh, this is that's too much of a, a market share there. I'm sorry, but uh, that that can't happen. So we'll see. We'll see. And of course, we're going to continue uh, following those stories and everything that's happening uh, within Activision Blizzard and, and the Microsoft deal. So we shall see how it plays out, man.
0: Definitely. Uh, One last bit of news on my end. Uh, We'll end on a little bit of a happier note here. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not a surprise, but Faker has re-signed with T1 for another three years. Obviously, those two uh, are so closely associated uh, that... I mean, it would have been a shock if he moved on to a different organization at this point. Uh, but good to see uh, the game, one of the game's brightest stars, if not the brightest star, with one of their premier, if not the premier organizations. So hopefully it leads to some more finals that were as entertaining as this past year, because uh, my goodness, uh, I'm all for that if we can get some, five game thrillers like we just saw.
1: I would love to I would love to be in those meeting rooms just to see like cuz I imagine he is getting a nice chunk of change um because really you know Faker Faker is for all intents and purposes, a celebrity mm-hmm. uh, especially not only within this game, but I mean I, I feel like just over uh in in uh or obviously folks that are, are familiar with League of Legends, but especially like in the Asian market, uh and, and Europe and, and places that, you know, they put a lot more into these games, these folks that are these these athletes that are a part of it. Um, you know, I, I would say that he's probably one of the biggest esports athletes. And and by probably I'm I'm almost hundred percent sure he's probably the the biggest uh, uh star I would say athlete um in esports. Uh obviously you've got some other notable people, but League of Legends is just huge so To see this this is like this is like bread And butter baby this is like this is like Jelly and peanut butter uh, You know so to be able to see that, that's like that's like Saying that uh, your contract was Coming up on on Jordan and uh, You know he had the opportunity to go Free free agent but he's like nah Let's stick around for a few more years and do It again so it'll be exciting It's fun to see this I love stories Like that and to see that they were Able to come to a negotiation uh, That I, I think would be mutually beneficial for both faker and t1 uh is always good to see so big ups to them big ups on that grab and and you know faker make that change son
0: And with that, don't worry, it's not just us this episode. We have a very special interview that we that Ryan, you've got to do during the esports yeah. business summit. Uh, why don't you set us up here?
1: Yes, uh, so we're gonna be uh, here on the other side of the break, we are gonna be speaking <laughs> with Colin Foran. Uh, of, he is a head of game for a game called Trapnel. Um, it's actually a first person shooter extraction game, but it also has. Has there are deals with web three and i believe there's also some nfts which we talk about that stuff uh because you know how we are and and just how there's so much in that space i feel that i don't or i at least myself personally don't understand so i was really you know digging into like hey why are folks gonna gonna like this game um you know, and and the biggest takeaway, one of the biggest takeaways, and we'll talk about it afterward, but is the fact that this game is legit a game first and the other stuff is just is just more uh, filler. So we're going to be talking with Colin on the back end. Uh, we we'll Please stick around. We'll be right back, y'all. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, will help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join.
2: Yeah, my name's Colin Foran, and I'm head of game for Shrapnel. Nice. Now, okay, tell me. You got, you got to lay it on
1: us, brother. Yeah, yeah. What exactly is shrapnel what's going on there just just give us a general overview of it
2: so Shrapnel's a group of game industry vets that came together to just sort of see if we could make games in a different way mm-hmm. and that happened to dovetail with blockchain making its way into the game ecosystem so i think we're kind of a slightly different story in that everybody's got you know a super deep bench when it comes to triple a games and we've done them we know how to make them Uh, At the level that people expect. So, when we started thinking about whether or not we wanted to do the company, it was, you know, is this a technology worth investigating? And if it's not, we won't use it. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, my responsibility is for the game, so it's like art, design, and engineering. And so every morning I have to wake up and say, are we making something cool for Toby? Like just random Toby somewhere. (laughs) And the more we started to investigate it and play with it, and, you know, the studio's been doing that for the better part of two years now you know, each brick that we put down sort of said like, well, yeah, actually, this sounds pretty solid. Then you investigate it a little bit more and it's like, well, could we scale this up? Uh, would it actually be interesting for the reasons we think it would be? Mm-hmm. And each step that we took just kind of built more and more and more. So now we're at a point where, you know, the stu- studio is like full steam ahead behind it. You know, the game's in production, we're doing our play tests, like it's moving along in the way that you would want it to. But then there's this totally new element of the blockchain side of the house mm-hmm. investigating, like you know, what is actually good about this? What do we actually want to provide people that they can't get somewhere else? Because ultimately for us, that's all it is. It's like, there's no, you know, bombastic huge like sky letters, like this is going to change your life. The studio's perspective is just, you shouldn't have to go to Reddit to sell your Warcraft mode. That's Mm -hmm. it, hard stuff. And you know, we're not going to pitch the game as like crypto, crypto, crypto. It's just like totally game first. It's a dope like competitive first person extraction shooter. It's free to play. And if you want to engage with some of that other stuff, we'll remove all the friction from that if you want to. But what, like, the way we think that's going to go is like, we get some shooters in who just want to try something new, like it's a new IP from like people, like designers they love, Mm -hmm. so that's really cool. But then we say like, hey, you know, we've got this UGC piece too, would you want to make some skins? It's like, no, no, I'm a shooter, I don't do that. It's like, well, let us show you how easy it is. Then like a month goes by. And it's like, hey, do you want to try levels? And it's like, no, no, I'm a shooter that makes stickers. It's like, well, let us show you how easy it is. A month later, it's like, no, no, I'm just a shooter that makes stickers and levels. I don't do any of that crypto stuff. And we can say, well, let us help you do that. Like, wallets are kind of scary. We'll take care of that for you. Like, Mm -hmm. the ecosystem's a little bit weird. We'll make that safe for you. And if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But what we're hoping is, like you know, rather than tell people you should be excited in this technology and if you don't get it, you're stupid, Mm -hmm. which is what the conversation's been for the last couple of years, unfortunately. We can say, you know, we can't tell you you should care about this, but we're going to give you a ton of really cool stuff. And Mm -hmm. then if you want to bring that over the line and say, oh, I can put this up on a marketplace in a way that I couldn't do it before, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, and if people want to do it, like maybe that's, you know, a fraction of the people playing the game overall, but it is just that bit of like, what can I do here that I can't do somewhere else? And then, you know, of course, there's the whole like, metaverse asset transmissibility thing over there. You know, we could talk about that if you want, but it's it's getting ready for those kind of conversations. But we know that the thing that we make needs to be solid first. Like, people need to care about the game before we have any conversations. Or, well, can I bring this thing over here or sell this thing to that person? So it's like the whole studio is just trying to bring all of that AAA experience to sort of, like, brush away the million-dollar JPEGs and say, games and blockchain, like, it... Maybe that is not the solution, but it's definitely a legitimate solution, something we've been trying to do for like 20 years. And so now it's just feeding that to people in a way that, you yeah, they're either going to figure their out. we just keep building on it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I feel that there's been a lot of negativity around Web3, crypto, NFTs, and there's a lot of just stuff yep. that's out there. And I feel like... Um, you know, I know there's some other games uh, that I've played personally mm-hmm. that have kind of incorporated some of that stuff yeah. uh, do you think it's I mean how fundamental it, it has to be like you were saying yeah. you know it's it's a, it's a first-person shooter first yep. before anything else what what do you do then and what do you guys do marketing wise to then entice people to come in and be like look dude, like that's part of what we yeah. do but this is a solid game
2: yeah I mean for me like that pitch isn't even the blockchain part of it it's what's really interesting about this it's so you know a tri- shooter extraction that's treasure hunting right mm-hmm. and so like okay that's worth more than that. i get it but it's really super interesting for us when we were starting to design this thing you know 16 months ago mm-hmm. it was like, you need to re-interrogate all of those decisions that you used to be able to take for granted like i said it in there a minute ago like if there was a pot at the end of mario kart you wouldn't play mario kart the way you play mario kart like you <laughs> wouldn't be going off rainbow road because it's like so all of a sudden there are these stakes right and so you know there's sort of like the current fashion in shooters, like go, 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 fast, 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 now, 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 like I'm going to keep meat shielding this until maybe I break through and get a headshot and time. You can't do that in this situation. We're a one spawn game. They're meant to be longer sessions. And, you know, you can succeed by never taking a shot at all, but you do not get what you get unless you successfully extract. Right. And so what we're hoping that turns into and what the playtests are starting to show is that it's, you know, we don't want to say it's the thinking man shooter, but it's, it's much more <laughs> methodical have a situation where you know you and i could be coming out of parallel alleyways at the same time and we see each other and do one of these mm-hmm. and go in separate directions because uh-huh. we know like we don't have anything yet if we fire on each other that'll bring the sharks in mm-hmm. so it's like more of a beat and like you never want to fall into the game design trap of saying well as long as everyone plays it exactly the way i designed it it's going to be great but you can provide those opportunities to happen mm-hmm. so like if I'm in one building, like, i fought all the way up, I've gotten my Sigma, and I'm going to go down, cross the street, through Sniper's Alley or whatever, another one, it's not just, well, I'm going to leap off the building and see, like, where I land. doesn't really matter. It's just move, move, move. It's, okay, how am I going to get down? How am I going to get down? Right. How am I going to get over? Like, you know, say you're demo and I'm InfoSec, so I know where mines are and you can defuse them, but we can't do either of those things without each other. Mm. Is there a world where that happens spontaneously in the match? Because we think, like, okay, you know, I've got three um, uh, weaponry in my bag so do you we don't have any inherent conflict with each other but we, we just want to get out it's like maybe this thing starts to happen right and then maybe there's a double cross or maybe there's not and like those are the kind of things like we've all played shooters a billion times like a billion mm-hmm. hours and it's we don't just want to sort of incrementally have this different thing that you do it's like could we try to swing the bat and say like no this is going to play different and our people mm-hmm. into that i think there's definitely this with something a little bit more mil simi like an arma that's totally there but it's not super accessible when you get something like a tarkov which like brings it a little bit closer but it's still you know you spend a lot of time in tarkov doing stuff you don't want to do Mm -hmm. and so we're thinking we have that sort of feeling of sort of that mature strategic tactical tension but also sand some of the edges off so like your mom can play if she wants to right bring everybody in and that's you know to get back to the blockchain thing i think that's that's what's going to open that up. It's mm-hmm. like, the way we sort of treat it in the studio is it's almost like TCP IP. Okay. Like, it should be invisible. Like, yeah. you don't need to know what that is to go on Amazon and buy crackers or whatever, you know, <laughs> Right. So like, with this, it's, I think there's a mistake in saying, like, Web3, Web3, Web3. We have to say, like, this is a fun game. Anybody can come in. You play it your way. I play it my way. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, there's this other thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I mentioned before we've got the UGC piece to it, too. And, you know, shrapnel in general is really, like, you know five or six different major trunks. so like obviously the game's the most important but then it's like the marketplace we've got like this idea of like talent scout players that go into the ugc maps and find dope ones and try to bring them in and then Mm -hmm. you've got sort of like the hunger games competition so you know this week these levels are coming in these ones are getting pushed back out and like that feels really really cool to me but we want to say that you know that way to play is just as important as the shooter folks, right? Like, mm. we obviously can't do it without them, but if you want to make levels, like, your thing is, I haven't made a level that I really liked since Unreal Tournament. Mm-hmm. Hey, spend 10 hours on that. You can put it up and experiment with it Oh, with that's people. awesome. Well, that, that was the whole vibe behind it. Like, you know, we feel like kids sort of came up in Minecraft, came up in Roblox, and then you can't really, like, graduate into anything. Right. And I think, you know, you do have tools like Forge, but mm. I, you know, my critique of the way that went out is sort of like, you know here's a toolbox full of tools and you're just kind of giving it to people and saying good luck and mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is have you know a lot more community engagement and like really like have that second to second interaction with people where if you're making a level and you're having a hard time with it you can talk to me on discord right. and like we'll work it through or maybe we fly people to the studio or like we just do open twitter sessions or whatever mm-hmm. and like making it fun again because it, it yeah. hasn't been fun for a while <laughs> it's like it's got to be this big deal to like you know publish your stuff and mm-hmm. with this it's like i want to play your level i want to tell you it's bulls and then you take it back and like replace all the stairs with ramps and now we're doing this other thing instead, then we play it again and rev on it and rev on it and that's how you get dust, right? Oh. Like, if we can do like even a little bit of that, like I think it'll be different enough for people, like right. familiar enough that we get those traditional players in, but enough little sizzle on the steak that it, it feels interesting and different. Right, right. And you mentioned
1: too that you got are play testing now. So let yeah. me ask, like as far as the development uh, goes, like where are you guys at in development? Um, is it something that you guys are still kind of like in close focusing on the game aspects and then later on, you know, you'll you'll worry about the other stuff or what does that development process looks I mean, like?
2: It's all rolling. So we're looking at sort of the, the first big public reveal uh, mm. the first quarter of next year. Okay. What we've been doing up to this point, like It's sort of like the the less sexy version of game dev, but what we've been Mm. doing is building out all of these systems in a really atomic, modular way Mm -hmm. so that we can move it all together at once. So, like, you know, I've worked on games where you do a play test and it's like, oh, we need to make that change. Uh, We'll try to kick off a build tonight and play it tomorrow. The way we've built our tools now is, everybody drops out of the session, tweak a variable, so we say, okay, the ballistics model doesn't quite feel right, there's too much gravity on a round or too much drag, Mm -hmm. pop out, and relaunch the server. And like, yeah, I've worked on games close to ship that Mm -hmm. didn't have the ability to do that, so like, it's more about like eating our vegetables early. So now that we have that, that can run really quickly. Right. But since that's sort of off to the side and the designers can work in that way, that means art can be running along and just filling the pipe as it goes on. You don't have to worry about you know, breaking a system that's made of bailing wire and duct tape that you know, was legacy from five games ago. Mm-hmm. It's been built up to work in that way. So like a, a big milestone for the studio last week was we had our first um, uh, play test with dirty internet. So, like, you didn't have to be on the land like, in the, in the studio. Mm-hmm. We're actually talking to a, a VC in a hotel room, and, okay. which is, like, the worst way to play <laughs> yeah. multiplayer games. And so, like, the studio's like, well, let's see. Let's see yeah. how it goes. And it, and it worked out. And so, like, you know, those play tests, just for the sake of the designers, are still a little, like, gray boxy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the UE mannequin guy running around. But at the same time, we're building out those vertical slice levels that get the full set dressing. Right. So when the thing goes out, you know, it's not like sort of like a bogus E3 demo. It's it's gonna have the extraction loop, it's gonna have classes, it's going to have you know, all of that stuff that you would expect, plus all the back end is working. Like, mm-hmm. while we're it's like setting these really aggressive milestones for ourselves, it's for all the real deal work. So when you log on, you have an account, you have a wallet, that wallet knows what you have in it, that's talking to the game, and so it's like it's really sending something through the pipe for mm-hmm. real and so at that point if we put it out and people dig it then it's just all right move on to the next one move on to the next one But so it's it's an exciting time
1: in terms of the when when the game actually releases mm-hmm. um do you guys plan on continuing to do tweaks and hop fixes oh, yeah. as the community uh it's, so that's total so, games are, as a service yeah okay so let me ask then what do you guys have like a timeline or an agenda as far as like where you guys are at, once you release, and then future future content and stuff. Yeah,
2: totally. So like the, the the big one that everybody's gonna be excited about is that first quarter of next mm-hmm. year. And, like we're looking like we're on schedule for that, like knock <laughs> on wood, like somehow it's a miracle. But I think like not just the game stuff, we're also gonna be releasing some of the content creator tools earlier, mm-hmm. just so like you have stuff to play with when you're actually in that game. So like once that's there, that's sort of like a proof of life. And then after that it's just gonna be constant regular updates to the community. So like yeah, you know, the thing that we're doing is sort of more of a behind closed doors, like early look, but, you know, it doesn't take a ton of imagination to imagine the thing going out in a limited public release right after. Right. You know, maybe it's like a test weekend so we can see if the servers blow up when they get hit really hard, but always keeping it out there and giving people a chance to get in because we really do want the community feedback. Like, it's, Yeah. I know every single game studio says that. It's like, we're going to be transparent. <laughs> and so, like, you follow a CEO around with a camera and then they disappear for seven years. Right. Like, we're not going to do that. So it's... What we really wanna do is like, give people the tools they need to have those conversations mm-hmm. in a way that they get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So like, it was like what I was you know, sort of critiquing uh, Forge for a little while ago. It's like, you can't just bring people into a play test session who have never done it and then expect a miracle. You have to say like, okay guys, like, what we're here, at this is all about traversal. Like, can I walk? How fast can I walk? Can I run? How fast can I run? How long do I transition from walk to run? What if I'm encumbered? What if I'm wounded? Right. And like, that's what we're focusing on. And you rev it a couple of times, get the feedback, get people contributing to it, rev it again, and then you rev it again, and then you rev it again. So, you know, of course we want to make sure that the thing that goes out is the best that we think we can make it, but, you know, we're under no illusion. Like, that first thing that goes out is going to be 100% wrong in every single way. <laughs> but part of what, you know, that games as a service thing gives you is like, it's effectively infinite play test where it right. goes out. And so like, we ignore that at our peril. And so instead of fighting against it, it's like, well, let's build it in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these are our weapon types. Should we have different ones? Like, you know, most of our um, sort of like eccentric weapons are going to come through attachments. Like, do people dig that or not? Are they too hard to find? Should we find them sooner? And like, all those things are like little dials and levers. But yeah. we're excited to do it.
1: That's awesome. And and, and again, lay it on us, brother. Where can people find more information? Yep. Uh, where should people be looking uh, to figure out and find out about
2: shrapnel? Totally. So uh, look up the trailer that we just put out. Like it was kind of a, a funny one because. We rendered it all in UE five, oh, okay. and so and like we kind of intentionally did it where you know people are gonna see and be like, oh, that's bullshit. it's pre-rendered. <laughs> and then like the week later, we released us actually like doing a playtest uh, yeah. in that map, and, and it's still like super super rough, but it's still mm. sort of like Haha, you know. <laughs> so like, watch the trailer. I think it's you know so much of this is still in development that it's not like that's your character doing that thing and that's the game. Right. But it's more like this is what Shrapnel could be right now. Mm-hmm. This is where we think it's going. Um, The scary, cool thing about transparent development is, like, maybe when it releases, it's completely different, but you guys are going to tell us what we want to do. But outside of that, if you want more, like, Discord's always a great place to go. Um, Follow us on Twitter if you can. We're PlayShrapnel, And uh, hit up the website. Uh, especially if people are looking for work, because we're trying to like get the word out and like okay. get resumes in as much as we can. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it sounds exciting to you or it sounds a little bit different, like we'd love to hear from you.
1: Awesome, Colin. Yeah. Thank you so much for Absolutely. taking
2: the time. No.
0: I appreciate well, it. Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks again, Colin.
0: That was a really fascinating uh, conversation that you guys had. And you know, Ryan, as you mentioned before the break here, uh, I, I think it was good to touch on the NFT side of things because, uh, as I think, gamers as a whole. Uh, a we don't understand it fully still. B there's a lot mm-hmm. of negative perceptions out there. So any game that's going to deal with anything to do with that, I feel like has to be upfront and get out ahead of this because otherwise the narrative is going to turn bad. Uh, and the fact that this is a game first, uh, is also a, a big, big, uh. Uh, key here and then the, it's, it doesn't seem like they're just trying to cash in on what they think is a money maker and nfts so really fascinating uh i'm looking forward to it uh it looks like a pretty fun game uh so yeah it's just nice to see that that maybe we're shifting hopefully how the industry's approaching nfts and instead of where it appeared to be headed early on
1: yeah and i feel like there is a lot there that could be done in the space um we're very much in its infancy and and how the two are being integrated together so i i love the fact you know again uh colin just speaking on the fact that it it is a game first before anything and obviously even you can see from the gameplay and stuff like that like this is my kind of game you know fps Extraction like absolutely like let me get my hands on this and and see and try it and then see what kind of innovating things that they can do with the web three and nft space and whatnot so i definitely think it's something uh worth checking out and again i want to you know say thank you to colin to taking the time and and speaking with us and and then just kind of letting us know what was going on with this game so we're really excited to see it shrapnel um you can go to shrapnel.com to check out more and and see what it's all about so again thank you so much colin But anyway, Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend?
0: Well, now that I have a vote of confidence to pick a Pokemon anyway, uh, (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to, to hear that, you know, uh, it makes me feel like the rest of this game must be so good to overshadow that. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to mention here, we're only two weeks away, less than two weeks away, I guess, now from the Esports Awards, which we are yes. going to be at uh, December 11th to the 13th out here in Las Vegas. Ryan, I am just kind of resting up for that because that's going to be a very busy couple days for us. But what about you? Yeah. How's your weekend?
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, it should be pretty chill. I'm a little, I'm a little sad. I have, I have not played a ton of Destiny, and even like getting back and getting a little more time to be able to play, I haven't really had a desire to. Play it like the seasonal activity was OK. The story part of it is is over for now. I went through all the story stuff, uh-huh. um, but, you know, there's just other game. And like, I'm not going to lie between Marvel Snap and Overwatch 2, because I've been grinding Overwatch 2 hard. <laughs> um, that's basically what I've been playing. But I do need to I need to switch gears again. I need to put some serious time in this week. For God of War because we'll be recording a um, spoiler cast for that as well. So I'm already, I'm like six hours deep into that game and it is yes. gorgeous, dude. It is absolutely gorgeous. So uh, yeah, other than that though, probably hopefully getting up our decorations. I'm guessing and then doing as much relaxing as I can because uh, we did have that wedding here a couple or a week and a half ago or so. So I feel like it, even though we had the time last week,
0: uh, it's been a little bit of a... um it's been a little busy. It's been a little busy, but, <laughs> let me, you know. Let me add one more thing because the Game Awards are coming up too. So let us know what your predictions are for that because yes. while we – our next episode will come out before – it will come out like the day before the Game Awards. So let us know your predictions uh, and especially if you think Elden Ring or God Awards is going to come away with the most awards because – it seems like that's the showdown of the night.
1: It really does. It, it, it That is going to be exciting. Let us know your predictions. We'll give you guys our predictions and what we think uh, going through the categories. But it's always a fun time to be able to go through and celebrate the games of the year. So we hope you guys are celebrating as well. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, hit us up on the Twitters at Land Parties Pod at LucasEggen, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. And you already know know what it is. We love
0: your faces.